This week's episode of the Film Lovers Podcast is brought to you by Spoiler Alert! That's right. We are discussing Avengers Infinity War. And we do not want to spoil this movie for you. So, if you have not seen it yet, please hit pause. Do yourself a favor and see this movie. And then come back and listen to the conversation that we have about it. I'm going to leave it at that. I don't want to say anything else so that I don't incept your mind with positivity or negativity. And let's get to this week's episode. I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. Love is a many splendid thing. Love lifts us up where we belong. All you need is love. Love is, is too weak a word for... I love you. You know, I love you. I, I love you. No. Two apps, yes. I love you, but you don't know what you're talking about. Do you hear that sound, film lovers? It's the sound of stunned silence. The same stunned silence we all felt at the end of Avengers Infinity War, which is a topic of today's film lovers podcast, our 12th episode digging into the infinity gauntlet thanos and a bunch of other characters i am one of your co-hosts russell dietrich to my right sitting next to me is casey summers i thought you were gonna say i'm in vormir or something like that no that's our other friend david he's out of the oasis he's still trapped somewhere not chicagoland he was transplanted to nowhere with a K. It's David Ryan Anderson. <laughs> hey, all right. I'm nowhere. What was the name of that planet that they uh I guess I guess I shouldn't I shouldn't tell any spoilers, should that I? That Thanos is from Titan. Well, no, if you heard in our pre-roll that had yet to be recorded, this is a 100% spoiler episode. So anyone that hasn't seen it has already stopped the podcast cuz I told them to about 2 minutes ago. Perfect. I want to be from the planet that Red Skull lives on, completely inexplicably. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was so. That was like one of the most random cameos I think I've seen in a long time. That wasn't Hugo Weaving. Apparently, he sounded exactly like him. The amount of uh, chit chat that happened after that moment in my theater yeah. was <laughs> incredible because everyone was like, "Who's that guy? What? I don't remember who that is." Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's because it's from the most boring MCU movie. Are ever you kidding made. me? No. <laughs> the Captain America movie? I'm not kidding you. But uh, today we are devoting this whole episode to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You guys excited? Yeah. It's yeah. A lot to talk about. I mean, I want me to talk too. about indie film this episode, but, you know, this is cool too. You want to know what? I want to talk about indie films this episode, but sure. Yeah, well, we're setting aside our our goblet of pretension, and we're putting the Infinity Gauntlet on, and we're gonna we're gonna dive deep into this movie. So, um, let's uh, just cut right to it and start the show off the way we like to start things off with America's favorite segment. It's time for discuss. Film is an art form that's all about business meeting art creativity and art and finding the right balance between those things i think that the success of the MC, of mcu is about finding a near perfect balance of creativity and a great business plan discuss yeah no it probably <laughs> sorry i'm trying to think of what i actually how i actually feel about that 
So I wanted to phrase it as a question, but the whole point of discuss is to make a statement and say discuss. So <laughs> it, could, it could just be a question too. Okay, so the, my so my question is is um, what's the source of MCU success? So I actually think of it a little differently. Why Marvel, the MCU, has had so much success in my mind is they were kind of the first to stumble upon this idea of a cinematic universe. Whereas DC was always trying to play catch up. And um, I think Marvel just kind of stumbled upon it and then got lucky that Kevin uh, Feige was just had such a, such a clear vision for what he wanted to do. But your answer, yeah. your answer for their secrets of success can't be they got lucky, though. No, actually, um, I think he's kind of agreeing with me because um, he's phrasing it in a different way. I think it's that vision of Kevin Feige and those people mm-hmm. who are in charge. It's that overarching business. But they're, they also seem to be really empowering to really great create, create, creative minds and talents, both the actors and the directors and the writers. So it's that symbiosis of that vision and the, pr- the production side with like the direction, the acting, the screenwriting, the, the editing, yeah, et they, they, they By luck, I mean, they, with, after Iron Man, they kind of stumbled into this thing becoming a universe. It, was, it wasn't going to be a universe at the onset. Whereas... Um, and I think like it was a good decision to hire Kevin Feige. Whereas DC, as they you know they they worked with Nolan, this like master of cinema, and then as they're trying to play catch up to create a new cinematic universe, they um, what's that? They tie yep. their chariot. I don't know what analogy. They, hitch their horse. They hitch their horse with Zack Snyder, and hitch it was their, like they hitch their wagon. Wagon, whatever. The horse, Zack Snyder right. is the horse. They, <laughs> I was so confident, too. They hitch their empty skulls because they have no brains. Whoever's in charge over there with Zack Snyder. Good one. And I, so, I don't know. I, I think um, it was really good business practices, good hiring practices, at least. Which um, I agree with that, too. That's part of my thinking is here's what DC did wrong is they saw that Chris Nolan's dark, gritty Batman was really great and it almost feels like they committed to that at like with every story and every character which is wrong because um when when i was a big comic book fan growing up and dc except for batman dc its aesthetic wasn't particularly dark and gritty it was very colorful like the most superhero-y yeah. comics of all superhero comics and just very colorful and right so the aesthetic is all wrong, and they execute that aesthetic. Like Superman shouldn't be so dark and gritty, right? Um, but well, so, but what Mar- MCU is doing correctly is they have this overarching vision, but they allow these truly creative people like Joss Whedon and the Russo brothers. Is, is that their names? Yeah, Taika Waititi. Yeah, Taika Waititi to like unleash their visions, and it gives so much like dynamism and flavor and color and life and humor, as well as like serious storytelling. And so I think that's kind of their source of success. Yeah, David, what do you think? I'm. I mean, it, for me, honestly, I don't actually mind the DC what the DC aesthetic was going for with I think it's a good contrast to Marvel honestly the big misstep is that they went with we're gonna have these portentous superhero movies which are fine but they're not actually about anything or doing anything or even they have no stories to tell that's my biggest thing with Marvel with DC no the DC movies 
Oh, okay. They have they have no stories to Which, tell. Which, by the way, um, well, it, that that's a direct consequence of Zack Snyder. Like he he was a lot of things, but he was never he, he was a visual storyteller. Like he was never he never had a reputation of building great characters, and it just yeah. seemed like such a misstep to commit so heavily to him. And also, like tonally, with Superman, like the the Dark Knight approach does not compute with the superman because superman but but man of steel though was not the dark knight approach man of steel was this terrence malick looking like fields and and uh you know just like these really beautiful shots like man of steel is beautifully photographed no i know but we want we want or however that song yeah the richard donner we want doing indiana jones uh, they're they're very similar sounding. You don't, but but here's my 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 thing though is that I don't think that that is what drove people away from Man of Steel. The thing that drove people away from Man of Steel, I think, is the fact that Superman is a weird alien who has absolutely nothing in common with a human, and they ride that for all the movies that Superman is in. Yeah, which was probably a misstep. Yeah, that no, I think I, is I'm, a much bigger problem. I haven't actually seen the movies, so I can't argue with David. But, like, David, I think you're more in tune with, like, the narrative and the story and how it's constructed. But I would agree with, with Russ about the visual aesthetic. Um, Zack Snyder's – like, he's he's all style, no substance. He's all about the visual style, and it's a pretty, like, dark, um, serious, portentous visual style. A lot of grays. Um yep. And and I think that that carries you, through in his DC movies. Are you guys saying portentous or pretentious? Portentous. What's portentous? portentous? Like, uh, like like weighty and stuff, and like, oh. like over serious. That's fun. I'm gonna work that into my vocab. So Russ, it sounds like you agree with me about MCU. Yeah. No. I I think I think the one thing I would say is um, I think since the Marvel Cinematic Universe wasn't. Uh, they weren't playing catch up with anything and they weren't con- like they were, they kind of got to figure it out on their own. I think they were afforded a little more grace because the, the beginnings of the MCU after Iron Man, which kind of like kind of came storming out. Like you have that first Hulk movie, you have that first Thor movie, which aren't the greatest movies and, and things really coalesce around the Avengers, that first Avengers movie. Um, I think DC, didn't have that luxury of, of grace because they, since they were playing catch up with creating this cinematic universe, they never, they were so heavily scrutinized. So it, it felt like it was going to fail right at the onset to me. I don't think the scrutiny is the problem with DC. I think the execution is, um, I think if they, it's what you said earlier, Russ, that, that they hitched their wagon to the wrong creator. Yeah. If, if they would, um, allow people like Joss Whedon or Patty Jenkins to right. have more, more power, they'd be better it, off. It's similar to what Sony did too. They, they just made bad choices and I don't know who's picking people if it's Bob Iger himself, but like he's picking great people. Yeah. Yep. John Favreau is another great contributor to yeah. MCU. Mm. All right. You, you don't, enough. you don't like MCU as much as we do though. David. I don't like John Favreau very much either, but, um, I can't completely blame Zack Snyder. It seems like Warner... I, I really blame Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers is a mess of a studio at the moment. It seems like they're putting a lot of demands on him. I mean, Zack Snyder is still the guy who ruined 
Watchmen, even though he made like an exact replica of the comic, somehow he David, still managed to Zack Snyder hasn't made a good movie yet. So how could you not blame Zack Snyder? Yeah. No, no, I don't blame Zack Snyder because Zack Snyder, I, I just don't believe that he is solely to blame for this stuff just because I Zack Snyder that. does know how to tell a story. He, he deserves he, part of the blame, not all the blame. It's not he Warner Brothers, though, because they're doing really well with Harry Potter. And they, with Harry Potter? What are you talking about? The last Harry Potter movie came out so long ago. No, they made Fantastic the, the, Beasts, which nobody the, cared the about. Wizard, the Wizarding World, like that whole franchise. like Fantastic Beasts. Fantastic, Fantastic Beasts. Be- there was one movie that people didn't really care about. No, it's a good movie. A lot of people cared about it, and there's a there's a great sequel coming up. A yeah, ton of people are, sequel. are excited. Um, no, Fantastic Beasts was good, and the sequel looks like it's going to be I good. Just, I, don't, I don't agree Fantastic that Fantastic Beasts War- was such a mess of a movie. I see a oh lot gosh. of the same problems oh in that God. movie. That okay, we're not DCU. here to talk about about that but you're wrong about warner brothers one day we're gonna talk about warner brothers and sony they're they have a they're a huge mess but i I actually i agree so warner brothers isn't bad at all things but they're doing a poor job with dc i think we can all i think it's more dc studios and and warner brothers doesn't know how to how to shepherd them that's probably true but i think i think their other franchises aren't aren't failing as miserably i give zack snyder more credit than you guys i don't like any of his movies but i think i think he's a lot more talented than you guys are giving him credit for I um I don't know how like if he hasn't made a good movie I don't know like, why we should give him more credit if he hasn't made a good movie if we don't like any of his movies I think well here's the thing I don't like his movies I don't think that he makes bad movies that's different oh uh, that's my maybe the snob in me I think he makes bad movies no I I I think I think he does make bad movies they're they're like David was complaining about empty characters in Ready Player One but like. His his characters are are like those Easter bunny. His movies are totally in candies. They're just hollow. It, yeah, I agree. His movies are his hollow. Mo- I can't believe I'm the guy who has to defend Zack Snyder because I don't. Well, don't let's uh, let's not defend that Zack Snyder. Let's move on. Okay, fine. Um, yeah. Maybe that could be my next discuss topic. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> David, I we're gonna have to talk to HR about uh, suspending you from the podcast. So. <laughs> I, I, in any room, I'm the guy who hates on Zack Snyder the most. Like, yeah. Except for this room. Except for this, uh, this, this room. Theoretical room. All right. Yeah. That was. Discuss. Man, you know, you, you, you never know what these discuss topics are going to turn into, <laughs> but, uh, that was an interesting conversation about how much DC sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, um,. <laughs> Let's uh, let's go to the opposite of a a struggling comic book cinematic universe. To I'm calling this guys, and I I don't think this is hyperbole. I think what we saw with Infinity War was a cinematic landmark. Two directors were tasked to tie together 18 movies. There were over 15, you could say 20 characters that they had to account for. And they had to do this within an amount of time where people weren't losing their minds. And they, they clocked in right at two and a half hours, which I thought felt It was close. Good. Um, so I'm super pumped to talk about this movie. We're going to talk about Infinity War. But if you are like, I don't know, Amish and this is your first dabbling into podcasting, <laughs> uh, how about we play a quick trailer and hear what Infinity War is all about. Sorry, Amish people. (laughs) The entire time I knew him, 
He only ever had one goal. To wipe out half the universe. If he gets all the Infinity Stones, he can do it with the snap of his fingers. Just like that. Tell me his name again. Thanos. We got one advantage. He's coming to us. We have what Thanos wants, so that's what we'll use. Wow. That's an awesome trailer, don't you think? It's great. Wow. Gives me the goosebumps every time. Okay, guys. Avengers Infinity War. The culminating piece of 18 movies preceding it. What were your um, what were your takes leaving the theater? Who wants to go first? I'll, I'll go because I'm not a superhero guy. I uh, I like the movie. I was surprised by how much I liked the movie. I thought the beginning was really strong in how it was sort of a horror, like apocalyptic feel to it. I thought that was great. It really built up Thanos as a credible threat. Yeah. Uh, I thought the middle sagged. I was getting kind of antsy then, and I thought that, but then I thought the ending was really strong. Um, it it felt almost anticlimactic. I guess that's by design. Like realizing that Thanos like won was caught me off guard. I was not expecting the story to have reached that point so quickly. Yeah, me neither. I was totally shocked. Me neither. That that was pretty courageous. I thought. Yeah. I did. Yeah, I didn't mind really, but when it happened, I was like, oh, I guess this is going to be the end of the movie now. And then it, the, you know, he snapped his fingers the, and. Yeah, because like usually when they cut to black like that, they they usually like fade in then again to like have a more resolving ending. Mm-hmm. And once it said like directed by the Russo brothers, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, okay, this is going to be a little hyperbolic, but <laughs> I I'm always sad that I missed out on like uh, "I am your father," you know, with Star Wars. Yeah, and for me, this felt like I got a little taste of how people felt when Luke when it was revealed that Luke was his son. Cause I was just so shocked to see all these people disappearing and then to see him win. And, and then that smile at the end, I was just like, yeah, it's great. Holy cow. I will say this though. Um, I was thinking about it. I'm a little worried that they're setting us up for disappointment because all the people that faded away at the end, there's no way that they're going to let Tom Holland you know, give up this this Spider-Man franchise. Yeah, yeah no, or we Black, know that like, they're. Yeah, we know they're making a Spider-Man sequel and a Black Panther yeah, sequel. Or Black Panther. And Black Panther too. And so and um, I'm Galaxy. worried that we're set up for disappointment. Like, oh, here we go again. They actually didn't die. They actually get to come back. It wasn't. Oh, no, they're as, absolutely coming back. It, no, there's it wasn't no question crazy. in my mind. I know, but what I'm saying is, like, storytelling wise, they're setting us up for disappointment, and I'm a little. Um, I'm pre discouraged by that. I would say no. It's not disappointment if the journey to get there. I, I guarantee you there's going to be sacrifices and things made in the quest to undo the end of this movie. Yeah. And it's probably going to be Captain America or Iron Man or whoever. They're, they're going to have to finally meet up again, resolve their differences from Civil War. And that's why the two of them are left alive. They're going to have to well, end the it, Hulk it, and whoever. It was cool. Like, I know I'm the resident cynic on the podcast, but like, for whatever reason, I think 
it was a subversion of expectations for me because when I went into the movie, I thought that they were killing off Captain America and Iron Man. Yeah. Because that's what everyone was saying was like uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans, like they want to move on to different projects. So when Iron Man got stabbed and, and I thought like that was it, I was like, I, I was genuinely shocked when he survived. And I thought it was interesting, like who they chose to turn into dust was just really um surprising to me because it didn't go the way that I was expecting it to go. I thought Captain and Iron Man were going to be the ones that ended up dying, but they instead dusted out all these other characters. So, yeah, I mean um they didn't know how successful Black Panther was going to be when yeah. they made this for one thing. <laughs> but yeah, exactly, uh Spider-Man, Black Panther, Gamora. I can't imagine them continuing with Guardians of the Galaxy without Gamora. Yeah. The well, moment that, that, she died, I was like, no, they're they're going to use time travel or something. They're going to do this. I didn't believe that she was dead. And to speak to the disappointment thing, I'm I'm excited to kind of ponder how they're going to win. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't see a clear... And I'm not the most intelligent person when it comes to that stuff. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm just excited to read like fan theories and, and kind of think about it myself. Like, okay, how can, how can they defeat Thanos? And like, cause Dr. Strange was like, this was the only way that it could go. So I think he knew something when he gave him the stone, like he, he was, when he saw all the visions of it panning out, like there, there was a reason he gave him the stone. Yeah. That's a big problem I've had with the fans is how many people are like, he just gave him the stone. And I was like, you got, he saw the future guys. Like he knows. <laughs> what he was doing i don't understand like, there's been such massive backlash about that no no actually i think the fans are doctor. right because in the story he, he said he saw like however million many million of outcomes and only one did they they win yeah so yeah. i don't think you're right about that david i think it was as as risky as um those people did, oh no, no it's guys- risky but what i'm saying is that i don't think that he was just like well like i'm i'm tired guys i want to go home now <laughs> like that's no, how people are yeah. treating it i think it was a strategic decision did you guys feel it all when he said that? I was thinking about this. I was like, I kind of wish he would have said 30 because I know he had to say there's only one. But out of yeah, 12 don't. million, I still feel like 30 is pretty <laughs> slim odds. And it just would have felt a little more realistic to me. Like, Yeah, it felt a little much. It was like, oh, gosh, there's only one out of 12 million, you know. Maybe twelve out of twelve million would have felt a little better, but even two, like one where you sneeze or something, like you know, like how many? <laughs> if the butterfly turns right and flaps, right, like that's great. Screw it up, absolutely. Creates a wind that casts a seed of pollen into a tree. <laughs> so here's the thought I had coming out of it: is um, I was actually a little like it was a good movie, but I came away a little disappointed. Um, Actually, I, like I want to bring, I'll bring up some of my criticisms later. I'm curious um, if they're the kind of things I would think David would bring up. So I'm curious what David will think. But just yeah. to sum up how I came out of it is, I had such high expectations, and they deliver MCU delivers so well. Um, this isn't my favorite. I think I was expecting this to be the best MCU movie. Oh wow! Okay. But it's not my favorite, and so I came away feeling a little let down. But if I think about it, there's no way they could have possibly delivered on my expectations. Yeah, I the I the opposite. Um, I went into this movie expecting to be disappointed because I thought the task was too too great for a mere mortal to accomplish. Like, and the Russo brothers, like David's always pointing out, like they don't really stand for anything a lot of times in their movies. But that ended up being almost to their benefit because. Um, they had so much to do. I felt like they, they were able to just kind of 
not kind of be brutal in their edit with like the auxiliary storylines. Mm-hmm. And here, here's like my, my big statement about the film. And I want to hear you guys' reaction to this is I think infinity war is the first time a superhero movie decided that the protagonist of the movie would be the main villain. And I think this movie could have easily been called Thanos and it'd it be the exact same movie because he was the main character. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting. I hadn't thought about it that way. I was feeling um, one of the biggest strengths of it is Thanos, how complicated he is and nuanced. how nuanced of a character yeah. he is. That yeah. is, And it was like, I mean, maybe that's where you're thinking about Star Wars and Darth Vader. It was a little like Darth Vader and how complicated and nuanced and how much you connect with him. Yeah. And uh, I was so like, I was so thrilled after I saw this movie. I called David, and um, yeah. <laughs> David pointed out to me that at the end of the at the end of the credits, they said Thanos will return. Yeah, and they do that at the end of like it usually is like Iron Man will return or the Guardians of the Galaxy will be back. Yeah, so it was so cool that even they were thinking of it as this is kind of Thanos's movie. And well, I, I don't feel like so many. Oh. I don't feel like that's ever been done yet. I'm gonna coin a phrase. So Thanos can't be an anti-hero because he's not a hero at all. He's right. an anti-villain. Hashtag anti-villain. I guess. I, I did not. I mean, I, I sympathize with him as like a clearly like, you know, sort of like human being or whatever. But I did not sympathize with his mission in no, the you're slightest. Right. He's totally evil. He's worse he's, than he's I absolutely think Kate, a I think Casey's a little sympathetic with genocide. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> I kind of like it. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think that. That was a really smart move on their part because when you have so many disparate storylines, like this movie barely qualifies as a movie. It is like an amalgamation of different. Uh, I'm, I, I enjoyed it. But no, what I'm saying I, have is to, that, I have to protest that outlandish statement. This movie is barely a movie. And to, okay, I mean, I, I'm saying it a little bit. Let, let him know, explain. Facetiously. Why. Ex- explain it first, David. I just needed to groan. Go ahead. No, I Go just David. mean like. There weren't a ton of like through lines or whatever. It, it was a lot of not random stuff happening, but it was like a lot of scenes happening. And the one unifying factor is Thanos as a character, and like the fact that it really is his story. At least become at least yeah yeah. I would say overall, it's his story the whole way through, and he's the one who's driving everything. He's the one who gets the main arc and stuff. And, and by the end, like the movie treats it as if he finally, you know, achieved intergalactic peace or whatever like, it was such a funny i was laughing out loud when this movie ended i yeah, was and, so tickled by marvel that. has marvel has like a, a legacy of really excellent villains I, I think of dr doom as one that hasn't been he hasn't been capitalized on in the movies yet but in the comics like he's one of the most interesting characters uh magneto's another one like um i think marvel has done a good job of exploring the quote unquote bad guys and kind of getting into their, their motive. And yeah. I, I just thought it was cool to like learn where Thanos is coming from. And, and I just, I, I did not, I was so taken aback by that choice that they made. I I thought it was really um, adventurous storytelling. Yeah. Green Goblin's another good example. I yeah. Think. Green Goblin. Great example. Magneto is probably my favorite. Yeah. Dr. Doom could, has a lot of potential. I can't wait for them to start using him as a yeah. big villain. I, I um, I'm generally anti-monopoly, except for Marvel movies. I really want MCU to get hold of Fantastic Four and X-Men and just see what they do with all that together. Yeah. 
I'm also really excited for the um, for the potential for Spider-Man and Doctor Strange to have their crossovers now because their their dynamic is one of my favorite and kind of Marvel. Can I Marvel apologize? Uh, can I apologize for something I, I said on Twitter? Yeah, go ahead. I, I made the comment on our official Twitter account that how obnoxious it would be to have Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, Iron Man, and um, Star-Lord all in like one story together because they're all like these sarcastic, quippy kind of David, guys. David, you were prophetic. That, that's all the people on Titan. Yeah. And uh, Did I you think know that, that they made, I mean, you see in the trailer that they're all hanging out together. Oh, I, I didn't watch the trailers that close. Oh, I mean, I, it, okay. Oh, okay. So you were, re- you were referencing the trailer. My bad. I was referencing the trailer. Yeah. And I think, think that they ended up making the right decision by doing by like shunting all those people into one corner because and it was especially funny to me because they all just start like driving each other insane with all their jokes and stuff and i was like yeah that's perfect this is what and like iron man has to step in and be like all right no more jokes you guys like this is serious yeah it's like back in college when you and i would hang out and compete with everyone's for everyone's attention yeah yeah and and it was like a little bit sad because you knew that only one of us could come out ahead and <laughs> it was like sad to watch you sometimes, I, I, but I loved it. I, I I think my favorite um my favorite offshoot was the Thor Rocket um mm-hmm. Groot because like I would have never paired Thor and Rocket, but mm-hmm. they made such a funny team. How he kept calling him Rabbit all the yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> that was hilarious to me. And then Rocket, like Rocket, was kind of uh he doesn't really admire many people, but he was kind of seduced by Thor's like godness you know machismo and he just kind of i loved um when they went to wakanda and he was standing on thor's shoulder i was just like (laughs) yes i want to get a i want to get like a toy of that that model or something i've got to tell you i can't get enough of the the quippy jokes all my favorite mcu movies are thor ragnarok um guardians of the galaxy and the first avengers movie and a lot of it has to do with how hilarious they are and this this movie i thought the russo brothers their previous movies were not funny like they made the more born born identity movies in in the genre spy thrillers and i I was really happy it almost seemed like they're like hey james gunn like can you come direct a couple scenes so we can have some funny moments because every time i was like oh man this movie's getting heavy there was like the perfect laugh you know they, they broke it up really well which is back to our discussed topic one of the recipes of success is that balance between portentousness and just yeah. humor and not taking themselves too seriously which is another way dc fails yeah dc sucks sorry um sure. i uh I, I thought he captured the guardians of the galaxy tone really well because they showed up in that first scene and i was like all right yeah this is some pretty grating dialogue here he did a pretty good job of capturing their essence <laughs> Oh, gosh. oh gosh, David! My favorite part when the Guardians of the Galaxy show up is when you when all, all of a sudden it gets you get that Taika Waititi color scheme, and then mm-hmm. it says space, and yeah, everybody no, in the theater good. just started because you knew it was Guardians of the Galaxy, and yeah. just, people thought that was hilarious. Space. I, yeah. for the record, my favorite part of this entire movie was Thor meeting the Guardians of the Galaxy. I thought that was the best. That was excellent. So. And then uh, Star Lord and him, and Star Lord starting to talk with it. No, this is how I normally talk. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, Chris Pratt being very Chris Pratt with Thor, the over serious Thor was perfect. Yeah, m- match. Okay, I, I had a question for you guys. Um, which death was the saddest for you? And I'm talking about the 
the real deaths, not so much the dust death. Can you list them? Gamora. Loki, Gamora, and Vision. Um, I totally forgotten about that. Maybe Loki. Yeah, Loki yeah. for me, definitely. Yeah, I, I agree. I think mostly because um, Th- it's Thomas Middleditch, right? Or no, that's totally different. Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> Tom Hiddleston. Thomas Middleditch? What did you say? Yeah, the star of Silicon Benedict Valley. Cumberbatch meets Tom Hiddleston is what <laughs> happened in Russ's brain right there. Um, no, Tom Middleditch is an actor in uh, Silicon Valley. He's does oh, those, he, does those, he does those annoying Verizon commercials, too. Oh. Um, I love that actor. Tom. It's Tom Hiddleston. He's great. He's... He's awesome, and, and I, the, yeah, I was just sad to think that he's not going to be in these movies anymore. Yeah, me too. He he plays that Loki role per, so yeah, well. perfectly. So I I hope that him and Gamora somehow get resurrected. So I gotta say, I kind of came in to the movie stressed because of like some life and work things, but man, that first thirty minutes, that scene on uh, Asgard. On the ship. That was that felt so hopeless and stressful. Yeah, you come out of great. that. Scene I love thing. when he beats up the Hulk. Yeah, such a great yeah. When he moment. beats up the Hulk, you're like, who can beat Thanos? It's so dark. Right. It right. was a very dark start to the movie, which was really helpful, I think, for the narrative. Right. Yeah, it was, per- it was the perfect intro for him, and I I really like the way that they use. This is my biggest fear going into this movie. Is their premise is. This guy slowly acquires all the power to do anything he wants. And there is that's such a big task to put on yourself to use that in a way that's actually satisfying. And I thought they did a really good job with it. Like it always felt like he was simultaneously so powerful. There was absolutely no hope to stop him. But also there was a little bit of like, well, maybe if we did something kind of like this or like this, like we could get in there and do something. And I thought the powers that were on display were, like, really cool that he did. The soul stone never got used. I feel like that would have been a perfect opportunity for, um, like, when Doctor Strange starts, like, going into, like, the other dimension or whatever. I was expecting Thanos to, like, use the soul stone and, like, do some, like, cool Doctor Strange type stuff in there. But that never happened. Can I? So, um, actually, you're you're bringing me to some of my criticisms. This is one of the ways I was disappointed with it is... Um, you always have suspensions of disbelief with comic book movies. It's always there. And so you kind of just go with it. But I mm-hmm. thought there was too much of it in this one. So, for instance, um, when they defeated, when Iron Man, Spider Man, Doctor Strange defeated that one guy in the spaceship where they blasted a hole through the wall of the spaceship. And then Iron Man just like sprays a spray on the spaceship and it creates a wall that works in space. Like, I'm like, come on. Yeah. That's stupid. And then the other critique I had, the suspension of disbelief, is. They made Thanos is so powerful. Why doesn't he just kill everyone? Like, um, instead of like knocking Captain America aside, he could just like crush his head. Um, and so I think there's a, like a little grape. It's, he's so powerful. It's unbelievable that they lasted. He could have just killed everyone or, or like when the aliens come, he's not trying to these alien beings are powerful enough to get here and inflict the damage. Why don't they just start like detonating nuclear bombs or some kind of equivalent technology, um, so there's not his too mission. much suspe- suspension of disbelief for me. No, no, but one. that's not Thanos' mission. His mission is to have a completely dispassionate method of culling the population. He okay, doesn't want so, to go around killing people. Okay, that's he, a good point. He views himself as like a pruner. Like you have to you have to get rid of some branches in order for more more leaves to grow. That's a good point. But why why doesn't he just kill the superheroes he's fighting? He he seems powerful enough to do that. Boring movie. I don't, 
I know be, that's what I'm saying. Movie. But so the the task of the storyteller is to explain it in a a way we believe. I believe from a character. Based on the time we spent with Thanos, I believe that he was the kind of guy who, like, honestly does not want to go around killing people. Like, he's doing it because yeah. of, you know, this, like, weird crusade But he's that killed he has, trillions of people. Surely he, he wouldn't does, care about killing Captain America. But he has, like, a he has a weird morality in his mind. It's, it's an almost, like, Anton Sugar type of situation. I don't, I don't know, but... He, no um, for old men. So, okay, to, to go with your logic, he's willing to kill people in order to t- attain the goals he needs. Like Gamora is the is the ultimate example. Um, there was no, it seems there was no like other way, he would though. be able to attain his goals better by just killing Iron Man. He cried about it. Captain America, <laughs> the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, so. I oh, I see, David. So if, if you cry about it, that kind of No, what I'm saying is that this wasn't. No, he, I, the fact that he cried about it is not my only evidence. This was an extremely out of the ordinary situation. Like he did it because he felt that he had to. Like, but she's. But uh, your logic like doesn't cos- flow. No, she's cosmic the one person forces he loved. mandated that he had to kill her. That's, I know that was the only way. I know, but the implication there is that she's the only one he really cares about killing. I wish he would have killed his other daughter because she's way more annoying than Gamora. Yeah, he was fine with torturing his other daughter. I don't totally agree with your logic. I think Gamora's. No, the no, only- he never loved her. He loved Gamora. No, Gamora. no, Gamora was always his favorite. That's I know. So I'm saying he doesn't love movies. anyone else. So why doesn't he just kill everyone else? Like all. Like it's not an issue if he loves way. people. It's an issue of the fact. Look, I don't. I'm not trying to explain that he makes sense like as a person. But what I'm saying is that I think that the movie established that he has this weird alien moral code that doesn't make sense to us. But this is how he operates. That's I, it. I don't. That know. doesn't sound very David like. I think you're letting the story off too easily there. Can I, I, I also, know because it's consistent. The point, no, the point is that it's about, a. I mean, that's why he's a villain, because he has this weird, you know, ideas and things like I'm how just he saying, operates. I don't, I don't, I don't think the logic of the character is consistent is what I'm saying. I, I don't see it. I, 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 I think it, I think, it, I think maybe I can explain a little bit better. Um, I did want to say real quick with the suspension of disbelief, Tony Stark's suits have gotten more and more unbelievable and just like dumb. And yep, his I only, agree. his explanation was. <laughs> Uh, pretty cool, right? Nanotechnology. <laughs> I know. Intuitive it's na- nanotechnology. It's from, and I, I thought it's from that Black was Panther. Co- yeah, well, I believed it more in Black Panther. Um, <laughs> Black Panther had some bizarre technology. But, yeah, anyway, but um, to, to maybe think of it like this. Uh, the whole reality stone, how he was able to turn that one uh, girl into a slinky and like kind of chopped up Drax. I was like... In my mind, I had the same thought. I was like, well, why doesn't he just distort reality here on out? Like, make nothing make sense. Time, reality. Yeah, exactly. So uh, the reason he doesn't, I'm saying, is just because it, it would be a really bad movie. But then again, it's the task of the storyteller to give us good reasons to believe that he's doing that. Otherwise, it's yeah. a whole new story. Well, could I get into my, my main irk with this movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just have a hard time getting excited about Stones. And um, this is my same issue with uh, Lord of the Rings, like um, powerful rings, powerful stones, like um, the, the, and I know that's like a big part of superhero stuff, but like, um, I'm just like the, the whole stone thing just kind of, I was like, eh, stones. By the way, I, I I read the Infinity War comic books in the '90s when they were coming out. I was really into like the epicness of it. 
Okay. I think what it what you have with both Tolkien and this is it's visual mediums, and so they need like a visual way to um, to show us these big concepts like evil, reality, time, like it. Um, right, it, but they're too abstract, so they need something concrete and visual. Right, which is why they do stones and rings. I I think what um the Lord of the Rings did well though is that they kind of showed the consequence of owning the the token like with frodo like not being able to handle even its its mere presence whereas with the infinity stones um i guess they kind of over the the course of the the mcu like the one stone was able to give vision life and uh, loki did you know wreaked a lot of havoc with the tesseract and things like that so i guess they they i mean dr strange is the time one they have showed very cool scenes. They have showed like how powerful they are, but at the same time, it's just I have a hard time believing that such a small little uh, gem could have so much power. Wait, that's what your that's <laughs> that's what your problem is. They're too small. Yeah. <laughs> what? All right. Also, I think uh, the gauntlet is supposed to explain some of that. Like, I think the stones would be unbearable, but the gauntlet's supposed to hold their power. Is like what I've understood. Like uh, the vibraniums in a whole mine, you know, but but all of time is in this little green, uh, you know, it's as big as Kim Kardashian's engagement stone. I can't believe that's your problem. Okay, my problem. Why? Why? Why can't you just respect me? Okay, I believe it's. (laughs) I'm just kidding. That just makes no sense. Here's what's happening because Russ's thing is more of an emotional thing, and David doesn't. Oh, David doesn't have emotions. That's right. No, and and David doesn't get the logic of it. That's what's happening right now. Wait, what is the emotion of the stone is too tiny? I don't get what. That's 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 what I'm saying. So arbitrary. It's not logical. It's like he 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 just doesn't. It doesn't make. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, that's fine. Whatever. No, because the, these things are encaps- encapsulating huge concepts. I feel like they should be represented by something a little more. It, it feels like a visual. Um, it's visually inadequate. All right. Well, uh, my my problem with the stones comes from just the uh, the lore and everything. That's stupid. What you're saying is stupid. I no, it was a waste of time. Like the fact that Thor's whole story is. I got to go to this forge and meet giant um, Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Peter Dinklage. And he's like, he's like, at at last we're going to, we're going to learn the story of where the glove came from. It's like, apparently Peter Dinklage made it. And I was like, wow, thanks for taking us all the way out of the way to tell us. No, it wasn't Peter Dinklage. Dinklage It was, it was the same guy that made Thor's hammer. Like, yeah, who cares? you, You need something immensely powerful to hold the power of these stones and there, there's only a couple Who places cares? that could forge it he's an alien you're, i care you're being very undavid like i care there, thousands of people care they're I, they're explain it's the logic this the logic in the story behind this the gauntlet and the hammer it seems like something you would support actually no like they, no no they're, they're I, giving no, you, i like well, but how, it adds nothing to the story, though. Like all it adds, we is, just explain what it adds, David. But if they don't explain no. where you get the glove from, all the people like you are going to be like, "How come they never explain where the glove came from?" Exactly. Are you kidding? No, I don't care at all about lore and stuff in movies. I I never. No, right in this moment, stuff. you don't care, but you would care if there was no. If they wouldn't have told you where the glove came from, that would have been the thing no. you were like harping on was, "Where's this glove come from?" I'm just supposed to like. 
make up where the glove came from? There's uh, where's the glove? Wait a second. Actually, <laughs> actually, <laughs> I'm gonna no I'm gonna like turn it back here. So, um, David is the problem because it, it doesn't really tell us more about the characters or um, the important themes of the film. Is that why why you have a problem with it? I don't think I don't think it advances anything in the movie. It doesn't advance a character. It doesn't advance a theme. It doesn't advance. It, it advances even. a prop. Props are important. This glove is the only reason that Thanos can harness the power of these stones. If you don't know where the glove comes from, that's a no, major plot hole. You have to know the where the fact, glove comes from. I, it never once occurred to me that I thought the glove was, this is way easier than keeping them in my pocket or something. Or it was a good visual. So it never occurred to me that the glove had any practical David, you, purpose. You, if you touch those stones, you... So David, it's it's the but same. But they make, they have containers for the stones in all of these movies. People touch them fine. Who cares? So David, it's, it's the same thing as in as in Lord of the Rings when they like they explain like how the rings came about and how they got their power. It's the same thing. Do you have a problem? Yeah, you would, that you took, would have been but, so pissed if they didn't tell you where the Infinity Gauntlet came from. And now no you're saying way. no, absolutely not. It never once occurred to me to even ask that question there are aliens in space with magic rocks like there doesn't have to be any oh, more explanation than that you're you're nuts you're just inconsistently insane what i can't even imagine why you think that i would care about this i never care about that kind of stuff all right i care about no i'm just saying per- okay then try to be empathetic there's millions of people that care and then benefited from knowing the origin of the infinity gauntlet and you All could right. say it was an unsatisfying origin story. That's fair. No, I, but I don't still, know. you a fine you need origin story. It, you, narratively, you need to tell the background of one of the most important set pieces of this movie. You can't not explain where the Infinity Gauntlet. Comes so from. I, I agree with Russ. They could have like, done it in a second. They could have th- Thor could have thrown out a line about where the thing came. But that from. was I fun. It was like he has to go get this axe to kill Thanos. Like that was such a waste of time. I don't know. That I thought that I thought that killed the momentum in the oh middle of the movie gosh. for me. Did anybody? I, I it just occurred to me. It's kind of funny that they. Um, I think they were messing with our expectations on Peter Dinklage. You know, like our yeah, that was yeah. our imagery of Peter Dinklage to have him be like super giant. Um, yeah, that was kind of a fun twist. All right. Um, I think my final thought, two things. Um, I love the typography in this movie. It was really great. Like the whole space, you know, titles, like those titles telling you where where you were, I thought looked great. And at the ending, how when they wrote Avengers Infinity War and then it kind of dissolved in the same way that the heroes were dissolving. I I just thought typographically this was a really cool, way better than Ready Player One. Um, yeah, those were cool touches. Also, the music was a little bit more interesting than yeah. Marvel music. Here's, here's my most... Uh, this is probably the hyperbolic thing I'll ever say. But I think, purely from a, a direction standpoint, um, I thought that they they made a, a masterpiece in my mind because they were given an impossible task. Intersect 18 movies, tie them together, and make it coherent and make it less than two and a half hours. And um, I think just from a direction standpoint, like they did it somehow. They, they managed to, they totally exceeded my expectations. I thought this movie was going to be a total failure and they managed by zoning in on Thanos as their main protagonist. They made something really special in my mind and they told a story that we don't hear a lot 
and um, used a villain to tie together a ton of um, disparate pieces. And I, I just thought it was excellent. I, I laughed. If I had the capacity for tears, I would have cried. <laughs> and uh, I just had a great time. And I, I hadn't, I haven't felt like that at the end of a movie in a really long time where I was just like stunned. Um, that smile at the end just really was the bow on top for me. So he looks so happy and major props to Josh Brolin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought he did great, great job. I, I, I was vaguely, the Thanos looked vaguely familiar. I couldn't place it until the ending credits. If there was a best director award for like blockbusters, I think the Russos have to get it just for what they, they managed to pull off. Not, uh, not Black Panther, not Ryan Ryan Coogler. No, just because of um, the impossible parameters they were given. To Ryan Coogler wrote a good book. The Russos climbed Mount Everest. <laughs> yeah, it's like completely separate. David, last thought. Um, I mean, my last thought is just I thought it was kind of weird what they chose to focus on at times. Like, like who. Who out there was demanding to see the love story between Vision and Scarlet Witch finally told? Like, Me. Were you? I okay. That was another one of my things that I was like. I was happy to. I was happy to see it. I was like, why I was, are we spending so I'm much with time you, with David. this? I'm not interested in that storyline. Yeah, I, no, ahead. totally. I wanted it, to see more of Captain America, like resolving his stuff from Civil War or something, or, or something, or Black Panther also, like totally got sidelined in this movie. Me too. Well, I think I think they did that because Vision had a stone in his head. Yeah, no, he did, but like Captain America, I think there's more to be told later. Yeah, but. and and they'll do that in the sequel. Like that's that's fine, I I guess. But also Black Panther, they had no idea it was going to be as big as it became. I it th- definitely felt like of- yeah that. But also, did anybody else find it? I think it was weird how basically all the major beats in this movie were like. We have to do this thing. And it's like, no, but my emotions. And it's like, okay, fine. We won't do the thing. Or or conversely, don't do this thing. And the person being like, but my emotions. And then they do the bad thing instead. I was, yeah, I was a little bit like Scarlet Witch and Star-Lord. You are two of the most selfish, narcissistic humans I've ever met in my life. It worked for Why? Star-Lord, though, because that's always It was very sacrificial what they did, killing their loved one. No, or- but like Scarlet Witch, like she was like, no, I want to have my boyfriend as opposed to saving trillions of people. Oh, man. No, I'd be I re- like, nope, time to go. No, I really resonated. Like, if I had to kill my wife in order to save trillions, of, that would be terrible. I don't know. He's a robot, though. Yeah, and you know your wife. They were, like, going off on some fling or whatever. <laughs> Wait, and, what, are you, uh, what are you talking and the, about? The, the, this, this, I felt the same way with uh, Star-Lord. Like, the glove was off, man. Just, like, don't punch the guy. That was in actually, character, though. You guys are actually pointing out an inconsistent logical thing in the story because yeah. um, there's one thread in the story where it's we don't trade lives, um, but then they they do end up they trading trade lives. lives yeah. And I don't think that the the film lands clearly on like what's right or wrong there. And I think it's inconsistent. Yeah. Star Lord is directly no, responsible for the death of trillions of people. It's his fault this happened. No, he was going to... Well, it's Thanos' fault, but... No, but the glove was off. The oh, glove see, was off his hand, and Star right, was like, sure. yep, killed my girlfriend, who I'm not even, you know, who's more of a... No, you're right. A booty call. and, and <laughs> Yeah, that was dumb. So frustrating. No, no, that, yeah, that wasn't w- dumb. I'll tell you why that wasn't dumb, because that was in character for him. I mean, it was dumb, like, yes, it was a dumb decision, but the movie knows it was dumb. Like, Star-Lord's character is that he is rash and impulsive and insecure and all these things. 
that's yeah. that's that was that's really like one of the most interesting things about him is that that was he's really so short-sighted flawed. of him it is anyway, david uh is, is this your final thought on uh infinity war yeah yeah that's all i have to say <laughs> how about a little positive i said it i thought it was a lot of fun i thought that they balanced stuff well there's a lot of how come cool when you say fun, on. though, you have, like, tears kind of leaking out of your eyes? He doesn't like Marvel as much as we do. It's okay. I don't like superheroes that much. I, I do. Uh, I am realizing that um, I'm the biggest fanboy of the three of us of the MCU. So you are. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we're going to keep going with the superhero theme of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And for our love segment, What Do You Love This Week? We're kind of doing a little twist on it. So... The question this week is, out of the 18 MCU movies preceding Infinity War, which is your favorite? Or, to say it another way, which one do you love the most? Which MCU movie do you love the most? Okay, it's it's hard for me to answer that question, actually, because when I look at the list of 18 movies, for me, the top 12 or 13 um, are pretty equal. I, 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 love, I love almost all the MCU movies, with the exception of like maybe The Incredible Hulk and Iron Man 2. I haven't seen Thor Dark World, but I hear that's not as good. Um, but if I have to pick one, I'm going to go with the first Avengers movie because I just loved it, and I'm a big Joss Whedon fan. And one of my favorite parts of these movies is how funny they are, and I thought that was the first Marvel movie that felt really funny. And since then, we've had... Um, well, I guess Iron Man was pretty entertaining, but I'm just going to go with The Avengers. All right, I am going to say I really, really like Doctor Strange. That's probably my number one. The visuals are... That's surprising. Like, I, I would not have guessed that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like people kind of sleep on that movie. I the visuals I thought you would have are, picked the one with Jeff Goldblum. Uh, Since you're yeah. such like a hardcore uh, blue, bloom boy. <laughs> Gold, I Gold do love boy? Jeff Goldblum. Uh, What's the Jeff Goldblum fan club called? Jeff's Kids? Yeah. <laughs> I like Bloom Boys. I think that was funny. Bloom Boys. The Bloom Boys? Bloom David, Boys. I'm glad you picked Doctor Strange because um, it, it tends to rank low on the rankings of the MCU movies, and I don't get it. I thought it was really good. I thought it was great. I thought it was super imaginative. It was very different, which I liked. I think, uh, people, don't, I think people don't like it because of Tilda Swinton. Like They wish that it was, it was given to an Asian actor. Hmm. You think that's the main reason why people don't like that movie? I think so. That's my read, at least. Yeah, I, 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 I'm confused why people. I think it became a, a non-starter for a lot of people after that. They didn't like the. Sure. I mean, yeah, the whole premise is kind of culturally eh, iffy, but little iron but fisty. They, yeah, but I mean, what they did in terms of the story and with the story and like I, I'm a, I'm really into these movies where. A guy is kind of in the wrong place at the wrong time, and adventure unfolds around him, and all of a sudden he's just trapped in the middle of having to like now deal with it. That's way more appealing to me than standard superhero go out, find the you know, find the problem, try to stop it and whatever. I, I don't know. That may be a yeah. weird thing, but I really No, I think I think that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. I also really like what they do, just how they depict his powers visually in that. It's just a it's fun great. movie to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Good so, pick, yeah. David. And I was Doctor glad that Doctor Strange. Strange got a lot of time in this movie. So Okay, this is similar to my Oscar predictions. I 
have five and I was having trouble picking from them. Um, uh, I'll say this. So in general, I find the MCU movies hard to rewatch just cause they're a mm-hmm. bit long usually. Um, and I'd rather watch something new. Uh, but I, I have, oddly enough, I found age of Ultron oddly rewatchable because I like the questions it wrestles with in regards to, um, AI and with regards to, um, kind of like who is Tony Stark to feel like he has permission to kind of have unchecked power. Um, I think it has really interesting questions about checks and balances. So I find that movie the most like thematically rewatchable and, uh, the most interesting of all the MCU movies. But I think from like a pure, if I just had a gun to my head, I think Guardians of the Galaxy is probably the one I love the most. I have a pair of Guardians of the Galaxy underwear, which I think is a good sign that I like it. But um, I think that movie, what James Gunn did, kind of opened up the door for Marvel to, to kind of move to that next level of allowing... They took a risk. That was probably their riskiest movie up until that point in terms of tone. And it kind of paved the way, I think, for Ragnarok and Black Panther and things like that, that people are willing for Marvel movies to be different than Captain America, the first Avenger. Like they don't have to fit that mold that they were doing. So I think for that regard, Guardians of the Galaxy was a successful risk and paved the way for more risk taking. So it would get my vote for that reason. That's a good that's a good thought. I hadn't thought about that. Um also explains why you're recording today in your boxers. Thanks. <laughs> no, that See, was I don't yesterday. Get, I don't have the pleasure of experiencing that cuz I'm over in another planet. No, I'm not wearing those today. I wore them yesterday to when I saw the movie. You're looking at a day old tweet. Um All right, guys. Well, uh rest in peace Black Panther. Rest in peace Spider-Man. Rest in peace Doctor Strange. Scarlet Witch. Nick Fury. Nick Fury. That woman with Nick Fury. (laughs) The lady from How I Met Your Mother. Rest in peace. Vision. Rest in peace. uh, Gamora. Gamora. Winter Soldier. Loki. Loki. Rip. Loki. That guy with no nose who gets shot into space. We we hope that uh, Miss Marvel will... Oh, wait. What's she called now? Captain Captain Marvel. Marvel. We hope that Captain Marvel will figure it out. So until next time, I'm Russell Dietrich. I'm Casey Summers. I'm David Ryan Anderson. To Infinity Wars and beyond, have fun being stones. Thank you for listening to the Film Lovers Podcast. To feel the love and to find out more information, please visit us online at filmloverspodcast.com. Same, you and I, but just a couple of hot-headed fools. Yeah, same. Hulk like fire, Thor like water. Mm. Well, kind of both like fire. But Hulk like real fire. Hulk like raging fire, Thor like smoldering fire. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>